Hello again, Conference USA fans. Happy National Girls and Women in Sports Day, everyone. It is another Wednesday, which means another new episode of CUSA Insider, the official podcast of Conference USA. I'm your host, Sarah Rudolph, and we have a great episode in store for you today. As I mentioned, it is National Girls and Women in Sports Day, a day very close to my heart as a woman in sport, and we will talk some more about that a little later in the program. But first, let's run down some current events in the league. I hope you are all enjoying hoops season so far. Middle Tennessee is still dominating on the women's side, and on the men's side, well... Let's just say things are very interesting. Only two and a half games separate our third place team from our ninth place team in the conference, which is just absolutely wild. Louisiana Tech still leads the pack, but there are a lot of games left between now and Rocket City Hoops in Huntsville. So your eyes should be glued to CUSA basketball come Thursdays and Saturdays because you never know what will happen. In other CUSA news, softball starts this week, and we are pumped to get the season underway. As we talked about last week, Liberty was picked at the top of the preseason poll, but we're not going to sleep on the other teams in this league, especially MTSU, who won the conference championship last year and then tore through their regional in Tuscaloosa, just barely missing the opportunity to take that team to a super regional. So we are excited to get softball season started, and there are several games being broadcast on ESPN Plus this weekend, so go check that out. Check out the schedule on conferenceusa.com so you don't miss your chance to catch some of the first games of this softball season. All right, and I want to do something different than I've done in the past. I want to take a second to highlight women's bowling, our newest conference-sponsored sport here in CUSA. And in our first year sponsoring bowling, Conference USA teams are absolutely dominating the nation on the lanes. We have nine teams in CUSA women's bowling, and all nine are in the top 20, and seven of those nine are in the top 10. We have the number one team in the nation, and the head coach of that program is actually going to be joining us as our guest on the podcast today. I am super excited that Shannon O'Keefe, head coach of the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, is going to be joining the program later on. Her interview is so, so, so interesting, so stick around for that. I promise you do not want to miss it, especially if you have any questions about women's bowling and NCAA college bowling, which I learned a ton uh, just talking to her for a couple of minutes. All right. Well, let's take a minute to stop and celebrate National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Obviously, like I said earlier, I love today. As a woman in sport, I think it is a wonderful time to have an entire day dedicated to the female athletes, coaches, and sports administrators uh, that make up the sports world and just to reflect and be able to tell stories about how far women have come in the sports world. Um, And it's just such an awesome day to get a chance to celebrate those accomplishments. Um, I think there are in many ways, some areas that we still have a ways to go in. But personally, um, I think that our place as women in sports right now is in a really, really good spot. Um, Equity is improving all of the time. People are finally taking notice and appreciating women's sports more than ever. I mean, just look at the volleyball game played at Nebraska um, or what Caitlin Clark is doing at Iowa. People are paying attention um, and front offices for professional and college athletics are hiring more and more women. Here at Conference USA, we have a 25-person staff, and 11 of us are proudly women. 
And we work in all different areas um, in this office as well. And then, of course, we have the very first ever female FBS commissioner uh, leading the charge here. So I am proud to be a woman in this space. I know that many others are as well. And um, I'm going to stop there. But if you know a female athlete, a female coach, an administrator in sports, just text them and tell them happy NGWSD. Uh, I know that that would mean a lot to them and they would really appreciate it. Um, so also, you know, if you have any extra time, go check out womensportsfoundation.org uh, and read all about the awesome work that they are doing to continue uh, to support equality in sport for women. Um, you'll just learn so much more just by visiting their website. So that's womensportsfoundation.org. Okay, guys. We have our interview with Shannon O'Keefe coming right up. She is a three-time Professional Women's Bowling Association Bowler of the Year. She's bowled for Team USA 18 times in her career. She has won countless PWBA events, including three majors. And now she's the leader of the Jack State Gamecocks Women's Bowling Program. So enjoy listening to our chat with head coach Shannon O'Keefe. All right, everyone, it is National Girls and Women in Sports Day, and we have an extra exciting interview for you today. I have been looking forward to this one personally for some time because I have so many burning questions that I am looking forward to having answered. So in May of 2023, Conference USA announced that it would be adding women's bowling as a sponsored sport for the first time in league history. And in its inaugural season, the conference has currently nine of its teams in the top 20 in the nation, including the number one team in the country, Jacksonville State. The woman at the helm of this program not only is leading Jack State to an incredible first bowling season, but she's also a prolific bowler in her own right. With gold medals, PWBA titles, Bowler of the Year awards, 18 appearances on Team USA, and I could go on and on, but you'll just have to go look at her bio because it's a long list. We are so thrilled to have the head coach of the Gamecocks joining us today. Please give us a give a warm welcome to Shannon O'Keefe. Coach, it is such a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be chatting with you guys and talk everything bowling. Yes, we are super excited. And we actually also have a co-host with us today as well. Katie Gallagher is joining us. She is our communications assistant here in the conference office, and she covers women's bowling. So Katie, thank you for joining us today as well. Yeah, of course. I've loved um, taking on this new sport of bowling into Conference USA and just being able to learn so much. And now I'm going to get to learn more from one of the greatest. Yes, we are going to learn today, folks. That is for sure. Well, I have a lot of questions that I want answered, but since it is girl National Girls and Women's in Sports Day, I did want to start with a question there. So I think that in what a lot of people would consider a male-dominated sport in bowling, I don't think a lot of people know how uh, great the women's bowling is um, in the nation and the world. And so how did you end up in bowling and who were the women that you looked up to in the sport? Uh, actually, really funny. I, I played softball my whole life growing up, so I didn't really start bowling until I was 16. And two pieces to it. Um, I started bowling to do something with my little brother and he was better than me. So that was unacceptable. And then, um, my dad used to make me rent, um, the house shoes, like the bowling shoes. And if you've ever gone bowling they're they're gross. And the thought <laughs> um, to me of sharing shoes with anybody else just grossed me out. And so I really wanted him to buy me these shoes. And, and he told me that he wasn't going to spend that kind of money um, to buy me shoes in a sport that I would never be good at um, and that I was a softball player. And I 
remember this so vividly. I said, you, you don't think I could be good at this? And he's like, no, honey, you're a softball player. You're not a bowler. And from that moment on, I was like on his mission to prove that I, I could be good at this. And, um, and then of course there was really cute boys that were bowling too. So it all kind of <laughs> was a, something that, you know, kind of came together all at the same time. But, um, that's really how I got my start. I was very, very fortunate. I grew up in, um, the Portland, Oregon area, um, at the time in the Northwest, the youth bowling, um, scene was incredible littered with tons and tons of talent and, and, and incredible players that have gone on to do amazing things. And I just happened to grow up with them. And so starting so late, um, not wanting my brother to be better than me, trying to prove my dad that I could be good at it, uh, along with trying to keep up with all the kids my age, uh, really kind of propelled me to work really hard and, and kind of chase my dreams of someday becoming a professional bowler. The women that I looked up to, uh, so shortly right after I started um, bowling, the PWBA was on TV every Thursday night. And so my dad and I would always watch. And there was a handful of women that I looked up to, Carolyn Dorn Ballard, um, Linda Barnes, Kim Trell Kearney, um, Carol Giannotti. There was, there were so many, um, but the one uh, who really was my favorite to watch on TV was Carolyn Dorn Ballard. She was always so fierce and, and so intense. And I just loved that about her. Uh, and then I actually, when I started bowling on tour the first time, um, the most welcoming, sweetest person I ever met who was an incredible competitor was Linda Barnes. And um, I just ended up being teammates with her on Team USA for, I think, five or six years. And it was just, it was just such a dream. It was such a dream to look up to these women and then come full circle. Now I'm friends with them. Um, I, I see them all the time. I compete against them. Uh, so it's just bowling is awesome. And, um, having strong professional women bowlers to look up to, to give me that dream that maybe I could do that too someday is what I hope that I'm able to do for the younger ones. That's awesome. It It is interesting to be in a sport that has such a long, like lifetime for the athletes. So you're able to get to bowl with these ladies that you looked up to as a teenager. That is really, really neat. That is, I think my favorite thing about our sport, you know, playing softball, um, I was, 19 years old and I had tendonitis in my shoulder and my knees were starting to bother me. And I'm like, man, how am I going to pick up my kids someday? And bowling is something that anybody can do of any age, any gender, um, any disability. Um, it is, it is truly a, a lifetime sport. Um, now as I continue to get older, I may not be able to do it at the level that I once, I once did, but I can still do it my whole life. Uh, and that is something that I truly love about bowling. Yeah, that's awesome. So what has been the biggest challenge that you have faced as a female athlete, not only in bowling, but like you said, in softball um, as well? And I know that you were a very, very good collegiate softball player. I was reading last night that you actually made the like final 160 girls trying out for the 1996 Olympic team, um, which we had Dot Richardson on the podcast last week. She was on that 96. Yeah. Olympic team. So that was a really fun one. If you guys want to go listen to that, but what was the biggest challenge you faced as a female in sport and how did you overcome that? Oh gosh. I, I think for me, it was always being maybe a little discredited because I was smaller and not super strong. Um, well, uh, I think I'm very strong, but <laughs> as I was little, people didn't think maybe I could do it. I grew up with five brothers and, um, 
they were always very encouraging as I got older, but when I was younger, they were always telling me, oh, you can't do that because you're a girl and you're little. And so it really kind of was something that was just around my life growing up. And so nothing and any, any challenges like that, like it just doesn't rock me. It doesn't shake me. It's, you know, somebody says I can't do it. Well, then I'll just prove you wrong. And so I know that a lot of people, you know, struggle with the inequality when it comes to the funding or, you know, the dollar amount that you could make as a professional athlete in men versus women. And it just is what it is. You know, it doesn't really bother me anymore. Um, so I don't really know if there was really many challenges. It really was more when I was really small and it was my brothers telling me I couldn't do something. And it was just me really trying to prove them wrong. And I think if you have a strong will to succeed, then you'll succeed in whatever you do. Well, I mean, nothing gets you prepared to succeed in the world like having five brothers. That's <laughs> a lot. That's crazy. I had one and that was enough for me. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I have a question for you about bowling and your history in general. So how does someone get so good at bowling? I mean, you're an eight-time world champion. You've won 15 PWBA events, three majors, um, and you've been named PWA Bowler of the Year three times. So what does it take to get to that level in bowling? Uh, first, I think it just takes a, a spark and an internal spark and fire to want to be great. Um, when I first started bowling, there was a PWBA tour. Uh, when I was 21, the PWBA tour folded due to lack of funding. And we didn't have a tour for 12 years. Um, I knew I wanted to be the best in the world someday. I didn't know what that looked like or how that was going to happen, but I knew that, that that's what I wanted to do. And so at that point, the only the only way to do that was through the Team USA program. And so I set out on this journey to work hard and practice hard because I wanted to be on Team USA. I had that dream as, as a youngster playing softball and I got so close, um, but didn't work out. And so here I was like, well, this is still an option for bowling. And so it really just, I think, took this internal drive. You know, I, I missed a lot of friends' birthdays, a lot of parties, a lot of get togethers. Um, it's sacrificing it's, it's not really a sacrifice because I wanted to do it, but to other people it was sacrificing doing all these things in order to get what, where I wanted to get. And so it was just a lot of practice, a lot of hard work, um, a lot of working out, um, aligning myself with some of the best coaches, learning as much as I could about the sport and, and educating my, myself. Um, and then it was taking advantage of the opportunities when they presented themselves, um, I had a dream of being on Team USA. I made that team in 2005. And then never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that I would be on that team for 18 straight years uh, until I decided to step away. And it was just taking advantage of the opportunities. With Team USA, I found the women that had the same crazy dreams as me that still that wanted to be the best in the world who sacrificed life <laughs> to chase this dream. And it just felt like home. It felt comfortable. And then in 2015, the PWBA returned and it kind of sparked this new, you know, dream in me like, wow, you know, now I have the ability to win a PWBA title. I didn't think that that would ever happen in my lifetime. Um, and so I think when there's like that carrot dangling in front of you, if you truly want it, you just chase after it and you will do anything you can 
uh, to get there. And that's, that's really what it, what it was. That's incredible. Well, so let's kind of flip into college now, your coaching career. So you were extremely successful over at McKendry uh, before coming to Jack State. You won mo multiple national titles there. Obviously, you guys are off to a very hot start with the Gamecocks program this year. The youngest program in the NCAA has six straight tournament victories and sits at the number one spot in the nation. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Um, and you have been called the best collegiate bowling coach in the country. And I mean, how can you argue with that when you've won seven straight coach of the year awards from the NTCA? So when did you know that you wanted to be a coach and what do you think has attributed to your just skyrocket of success at the, in the coaching uh, world? Well, there's multiple things really quick. What I do want to say is I'm very blessed and fortunate to be on this journey with my husband. He is one of the best coaches in the, in the world. He's the head coach of team USA. And he's the one who really kind of, um, helped me fall in love with the coaching side of things. So we used to live in Texas. We used to work for the national governing body of the sport. He worked in the training center, the Olympic certified training center. Um, he, coached with Team USA, all that stuff. Well, I got asked to coach in this um, kind of pilot program for youth called uh, USA Bowling. And I was coaching a bunch of eight, nine and 10 year olds. And I just loved it. And then after about a year, there was a collegiate event that was being hosted there. And I remember sitting there watching, thinking, man, I think I could do this. I, I, I think I would really enjoy this. And so long story short, things just kind of happened. Doors closed, other ones opened. And we get this phone call from an athletic director in Southern Illinois at McKendry University, who was interested in hiring, hiring both myself and my husband. Now, I don't know who's crazy enough to hire a husband and wife duo, but um, not only did we find it once, we found it twice because here we are, Jack State, doing the same Yep, together. yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> It really, I was really anxious and really nervous because I'd only really ever coached eight, nine and 10 year olds, you know, just really the basics of bowling. And so I really leaned on Brian a lot to, to help me, to educate me, to mentor me. And he still does to this day. Um, and so it has made the journey, I think so much better because we get to do it together. We don't have children. Um, and so our girls that, that come and bowl for us really have turned into our family and, and we have lifelong relationships with them. And so, um, Brian is the one who really encouraged me that we could do this and we could do it together. And so it has just been so fun, um, to be on that journey with him. And, and it's, he's, he's most certainly made me a better coach. That's awesome. I love a good husband and wife duo. We have another one in the conference, not in bowling, um, but at Louisiana tech head coach of the women's basketball team, Brooke Store. She works with her husband as well. We have a couple of father sons, some <laughs> sisters around there, but I think it's great. I think it's really fun, um, but you're right. Somebody has to be kind of crazy to hire a husband and wife <laughs> duo for sure. Yeah, no, um, But I'm so proven. glad that you guys. Yeah, we've proven we've been able to do it. You know, we, we can swap the hats on and off. Um, our girls will probably tell you every once in a while that, you know, we bicker and they're like, oh, mom and dad are bickering again, but we do a really good job. I think, um, shutting that down, uh, because for so much of our working lives have been, you know, together at the same companies and, and doing the same thing. So, um, and then on top of that, he's my personal coach. Um, and you know, I had to get over that a long time ago that he's not being mean. He's not being critic. He's not criticizing me. He's just trying to help make me better. And so, 
um, you, you kind of learn to get over that, you know, early on in a relationship. And, and so here we are. That's awesome. So your husband was working for the USBC, I assume in yep. Arlington, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. We, we are just down the street from there. Oh, that's so, so great. Yeah. We both yep, were just here. up the road. Yeah. We lived in Arlington. We loved our time in Texas. Um, he worked at the training center. I worked up in the offices, um, taking phone calls every day and answering questions about bowling. And so, um, we, we just loved it. And, you know, we, we didn't ever think that we would leave there, but then the opportunity to pour ourselves and give back to the sport that has given us so much presented itself when we just couldn't say no. I interviewed for the USBC one time I was oh. interviewing for a job there as a marketing director. Um, I did not take the job, but if I did, this conversation would have been very much different because I would know a lot more about bowling than I do That's currently, good. which leads me <laughs> to my next question. So I think that a lot of our listeners, myself included, don't really know what a collegiate bowling tournament looks like. So could you give us a quick rundown on what a weekend tournament looks like and why people should want to go out and attend? Yeah, it's, um, they're long. <laughs> the days are very long. <laughs> Full five, um, matches on a Friday and then five matches on a Saturday. After all of those matches, they take the total pin full. So every single pin that a team knocks over and they put you, um, you know, you know, in a ranking first through whatever. And then on Sunday, they put you into a bracket and it's, you work through a bracket. There's two different formats for college bowling. There's traditional bowling, which we do on Saturday. So there's five people that play at a time and all five people will bowl their own game. So I'll bowl my own game, you, Katie, everybody. And then the total pinfall of those five games will determine who wins and who loses. So if we're on lane three and Vanderbilt's on lane four and we shoot 1050 and Vanderbilt shoots 1040, we have one win on the weekend and they have one loss on the weekend. So that's how that works. So every single game that our kids play has weighted you know, bearing on the season for your overall, overall win loss record. So that's Saturday's format. Friday's format is what we call Baker. So you take those same five people and this person will bowl the first frame of a game. This is the second frame, third frame, fourth frame, fifth frame. And then you start all over sixth frame, seventh frame, eighth frame, ninth frame, 10th frame. So you have five people that will each bowl two frames in that game. And end up bowling just one game. Um, so Friday's format is Baker. We bowl five games of Baker. So it's still the same number of games as traditional, but now we're just all sharing the game together. Um, and again, total pinfall wins the match. So that's the Friday, Saturday format. Um, we bowl 10 total matches over the course of those two days. Then on Sunday, they put us in a bracket and it's back to the Baker format, but now it's best four of seven. And so if you're leading the tournament, you will bowl the second place team in the opening round of that day. If you win, you automatically make it to the championship match. If you lose, then you bowl the winner of the three, four um, match. So if you win, you have to figure out who's, who's gonna win this match. So there's a second round. So if we win that opening match, we will bowl the loser of the bottom place teams. Does that make sense? Yes, um, I got, I'm, I'm following you. 
Okay. While we wait to see who wins that second round match between the loser and three, four, whoever won that match. And then it goes on to the championship match. Um, we've been fortunate enough. We've bowled six total tournaments and we've been fortunate enough to be in every championship match this year. Um, we finished second, our very first event, and then we have won the last five. Um, in the 10 years that my husband and I have been coaching, uh, we don't ever remember any team winning five in a row. And so we're really trying to take a time out. We're trying to slow things down with our girls. We went and got them crumble cookie the other day to just like, let's, let's not just, you know, move on from this. Like, let's really take time to cherish what you're doing and, and be proud of what you're doing. Um, and cause it's easy to just keep rolling week after week. And before you know it, the season's over and you didn't really take time to enjoy what you did. And so we're trying to slow things down. Brian and I are trying not to take what our girls are doing for granted. Um, and just really enjoy this, this run that we're on. Cause it's, it's quite incredible. Yeah. Um, that was really well explained for someone that's been trying okay. to figure out bowling in the last, um, few months. Yes. So Sweet Katie. <laughs> Katie got to the conference office as an intern of ours and we were like, cool. So you're going to cover women's bowling. Um, we've never had the sport before. Um, uh, and so she has been trying to figure it out. So I think that this was very helpful for everyone. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. It, I think it's really hard to explain until you actually see it for the first time. Um, I think when Katie, when you see the, the conference is going to be completely different. So we're going to throw another, you know, whole loop at you, but um, in conference, we bowl what's called mega matches. So how Brian and I explain it to people is you, let's say we bowl um, two lane out of the gate. Um, there's three legs in one match and you have to win two of those legs. So the first leg is a traditional format. So the five players bowl their own game, total pinfall wins. So let's say we win the first leg and two lane loses, then we're up one nothing. Okay, then we go to the second thing, which is the Baker games. So five Baker game total pinfall wins that leg. So let's say Tulane wins that match. So now we're tied one to one. So then we go to the third leg of the match, which is the best four of seven Baker. And so you will be bowling the same team on the same pair for potentially three and a half hours, four hours. Wow. They it it can be really intense. Each each leg, like each game or match takes like an hour and 15 minutes. And so, and the best four seven, if you go to game seven, it could take longer. And so you, you really could, the matches take forever. <laughs> the days take forever. <laughs> Fridays and Saturdays, you know, we get to the bowling center at 8am. We're not leaving until four. We're on our feet the whole time. Um, I tell Brian all the time, we joke all the time that that very first tournament of the year, I'm not in coaching shape because just standing there for eight hours a day is really brutal on your feet and your lower back. Cause you're not, yeah. moving around. um, mm -hmm. but so the mega match format is, is something different. That's all postseason, Um, and so they just take all three formats and incorporate it in one match. Uh, and so, but if you like, let's say we go in and we win traditional, we win Baker, then the match is over. You never get to the best four or seven. So it's whoever wins, you know, two out of the three first. Um, I don't know if there's a official name for it. We just call them legs because I, we didn't know how else to explain it to our, you know, young kids whenever they join our program. 
Um, and it's in its double elimination. And so there's a lot of bowling to be done. Um, and that's the format for conference for the regional matches and then the final four. Yeah. So speaking of conference play, um, these nine teams have already just exceeded the expectations that were already set for them at the beginning of this season. So with this strength coming in and for the postseason, how do you guys plan to kind of attack um, this league? <laughs> well, we knew this was formerly the Southland Bowling League, pretty much. And then we just joined it. Um, and they were already the best conference in the country every year. Uh, Brian and I have, have tried to temper expectations here on campus with our athletic director and have really said, like, look at like our conference is so good that we potentially could go win multiple national championships and never win our conference. Like that's how good our conference is. Um, and so I think it'll just be fun. I think it'll be a great tune-up for posts, like the national championship and regional play for everybody. Um, and so it's just an honor to be a part of it. Uh, and we're excited for it. Awesome. We're excited too. Actually, Katie and I will both be at the bowling champion, yeah. the conference USA bowling championship. So uh, we will get to meet you in person. Um, and for those um, people who are listening, we just do want to give a plug for that really quick. So the CUSA women's bowling championship, it will be streamed live on ESPN plus, which is so awesome. It so if awesome. you don't, if, yeah, if you love what you're hearing, but you have no idea what it looks like, you can watch it on ESPN plus. And that is March 21st through the 24th. Um, it's going to be in the new Orleans area. We are super excited to attend and see some fantastic bowling, like what you're saying. Uh, wow. thanks for the heads up that it's a long day that yes. uh, we appreciate that. <laughs> Very long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, like Katie was saying, we have nine teams in the league. All nine teams are in the top 20. Um, yeah. After, I know this week's rankings haven't come out yet, but after last week's ranking, we have the top three teams in the country, one, two, three. Yeah. So it's it's a crazy good league, like what you yeah. were saying. Yeah, it's, it's there's nothing else like it in the country. Uh, and so if you want to see the best teams in the country and you want to see what NCAA women's bowling is all about, Conference USA is a one-stop shop. You don't need to go any further than that. You know, there's going to be one-offs here or there, but this is this is the showcase for NCAA women's bowling. I love it. That was a nice little nice little plug there. I appreciate <laughs> that, Shannon. <laughs> so, um, tell me a little bit about your move to Jacksonville because I um, stalked you on Instagram last night, and <laughs> it looks like you're <laughs> it looks like you're having a really good time there. Um, and, and I know, like you mentioned, you and your husband Brian moved from Illinois um, to little Jacksonville, Alabama. Um, so, tell me about how your move has been and how your time has been there so far. It has been a whirlwind, and it has been so great. And I'm not just saying that to sell people. Like it's really been like a dream for us. Um, we loved our time at our old institution. We loved McKendry. Um, we loved the people there. Um, and they did the best they could to support us. Uh, we knew at some point in our lives, you know, we really wanted a division one opportunity. Um, and really not even for us, but for our kids being able to give our kids a division one experience that their peers are getting. Cause the one thing, the unique thing about NCAA women's bowling is it's all divisional. So division three, division two, and division one, they all compete for the same national championship. 
There's no separation. And so we were very fortunate to win two national championships at McKendree. We were the only division two ever in the history of NCAA women's bowling to do so. And so very proud of that. We were so honored to be able to bring that to McKendry. Um, but just over the last few years, it just really felt like it was getting harder and harder to recruit. You know, COVID was really good for us as far as like our kids getting an extra year and beyond grateful that they wanted to continue that with us and then picked up some other girls from other institutions that exhausted their four years where they were and wanted that additional year. And so um, that was super helpful. So first and foremost, we it was a whirlwind. We were not looking to go anywhere. Um, we win a national championship, which is very confusing. We didn't win the NCAA national championship, but there's a whole other side of it. The USBC side that we talked about, they have a collegiate division. Mm -hmm. And so we finished fourth at the NCAA national championship last year. The very next week we won the international, I think it's the intercollegiate team championships. And so we come fresh off this win and we come home and our athletic director who hired us at McKendry, but had left McKendry years earlier, wanted to have a celebratory lunch. Uh, he's a dear friend of ours, a mentor of ours. We just love him. And he brought up Jack State and said to us that he'd emailed the athletic director, unbeknownst to us. And I, I almost spit out my water. I was like, you did what? <laughs> so um, it happened so fast. From So from this initial conversation until we came down and checked out the university, I think was nine total days. It, it wasn't wow. a lot. Uh, we came down here, you know. It actually in between um, PWBA tour stop. So the collegiate season ended and tour started and we're doing all this stuff. And so we just knew the whole time that we were touring campus and just everybody down here was so friendly. Like we loved Texas, um, but the motto down here in Alabama and at Jacksonville state is we're the friendliest campy campus in the South. And it is so true. Um, everybody here is so sweet. We, we went into Walmart and I had a Jackson, a Jack state bowling shirt on. And she's like, Oh my gosh, you're the new bowling coach. Welcome. How do you like it? And like, we were neighbors and best friends. Like it was just, we love that. But anyways, I know I'm just rambling. Um, no, I love we, it. <laughs> we absolutely love it here. We broke ground on building a new house, um, about a month ago, maybe. So we drive by once a week and we take updated pictures and it's just so exciting. And um, but we also knew that when we accepted these jobs, that there was a chance that we were saying goodbye to our kids. And um, because you just never know, you never know if your if your girls are are gonna want to come with you. We we didn't know. And so we accept the jobs on a Monday. We fly back to Illinois on, on a Tuesday morning. We alert our athletic director at McKendry, and he's like, "When are you gonna tell the kids? Well, we're gonna have to tell them this afternoon because this cannot get like they need to hear it from us." Well, at McKendra, we also had a men's program. So we have this impromptu meeting and everybody comes to the bowling center. And there we are, our athletic director, myself, Brian, and our men's head coach. We're all standing on the approach and our kids were just sitting there. And Brian starts talking and our girls absolutely lose it. They are sobbing, they're holding each other. And I mean, it was it was so heartbreaking to look at their reactions. Um, and it took about 20 minutes. Uh, and one of our girls raised their hand and says, well, what if we want to come with you? And I'm like, well, we can't talk to you unless you're in the transfer portal. And within 24 hours, all six of our returning varsity players were in the transfer portal. Wow. And I, 
Brian actually said this the other day, and, and I really think it's true. That is the, the highest compliment that we could ever have gotten as coaches, that we had built relationships with our kids that they wanted to come with us. And then we got a fifth year transfer from Nebraska, who is just a little superstar. And then we called our two incoming freshmen that were coming and said, Hey, FYI, we're leaving. And both of them said, well, how do we come? And I said, look, we can't talk to you unless you are released, you know, from the school. And within two hours, they were both released as well. And so, um, it's just been such a whirlwind truly. Um, cause then we didn't move here till August. Our girls were moving to campus 10 days later. So we're trying to figure it all out and, and we're all just learning together at this point. Um, but we really, really love it. Uh, I told Brian, A, I don't want to move again. <laughs> and yeah, we really, really do love it down in the South. Um, I was fortunate enough in the summer of 2022 to bowl the world games in Birmingham. And it was the first time I'd ever been to Alabama. Um, and we were in downtown Birmingham, which was beautiful. The venue was great, but we didn't really get to get out and see what Alabama looked like. Well, when we came on our visit, I don't know what I was expecting Alabama to look like, but it wasn't where we live. We are surrounded by just beautiful mountains and nature and waterfalls and hiking trails and stuff that I didn't know existed down here in the South. Um, again, I don't know what I was expecting it to be, but it's not. <laughs> so we've just been so pleasantly surprised with everything and the support from not only the campus, but the surrounding community. Um, has been incredible. I and mean, we, we fly with our girls and we're in airports and people are like, Oh, Jack state, my dad went there or my mom went there or my sister goes there. Or, you know, it's just, it's so cool. It's like, we're just part of this big, huge family now. Um, and so I know I just rambled, but it was, it was, oh, I love that. It's just been, it's been a dream. It really has been a dream. That's fantastic. It's so good to hear from, you know, coaches like that. There's a, you know, there's a lot of coaches in different sports with, throughout division one that are just looking for, you know, their next stop. Um, yeah. and so it's lovely to hear that you're enjoying Jacksonville. Um, I went to the university of Alabama, so I lived for four years in Tuscaloosa. So yeah. I totally understand what you're saying with the, I wasn't oh. sure that this is what Alabama was about. Right. <laughs> it well, is different. Like um, so yeah, that's my favorite part. When people come visit, they're like, wow, this is incredible. We're like, I know, I know. <laughs> it's great. Um, well, so Shannon, I have one last question for you just to kind of close everything out. Um, and we're going to end on a national girls and women's in sports day question just to end out this interview. Um, so what is your message to young female bowlers or just young female athletes in general? Um, what piece of advice can you give them, um, just based on your own experiences? that don't let anybody ever tell you that your dream is not possible. Um, if you truly want it, then you can do it. Uh, I say to our kids all the time that not just in sport, but in life that you get out of it, what you put into it. So if you really, really want it and you pour yourself into it, anything is possible. Um, that, that I think that's it. <laughs> 
Love that. We're going to um, end it on that high note. So if you um, want to see Jacksonville State bowling, you can tune into the Conference USA Women's Bowling Tournament. It is March 21st through the 24th. It is going to be live on ESPN+. And we also want to wish you guys good luck at your next tournament the Arkansas State Midwinter Invitational. That is next weekend, February 16th through the 18th. So um, Coach O'Keefe, we are just so thankful that you joined the program today. It was a pleasure to talk to you and to get a, to get to learn a lot more about women's bowling. <laughs> You're so welcome. Thank you guys so much. And hey, if you ever want to do it again, we can chat again. <laughs> we, we will. So Katie and I are going to the championship and we're going to okay. learn. And then next year, we're going to come back and we're going to talk again and we're going to know what we're talking about this time. <laughs> Let's do it. Sounds great. I'll see you guys in a few months. All right. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See ya. All right, guys. I hope you guys really enjoyed that interview with Shannon. Uh, she was such a joy to talk about. And I really wish you could see her as she was trying to sit there and explain the game of women's bowling to us. Um, it's confusing, but we're really excited about the Conference USA the first ever Conference USA Women's Bowling Championship there in New Orleans, March 21st through the 24th, broadcast live on ESPN+. Plus, So you should definitely tune in. All right, guys, next week we have a really good guest um, on the podcast. We have the head coach of the DBU Patriots baseball team joining us. Dan Hefner will be on CUSA Insider next week. So baseball fans, and I know you're out there because Conference USA baseball fans are rabid. Uh, definitely tune into next week. We will be talking some CUSA baseball. All right, everybody, as usual, if you are enjoying what you're hearing on the podcast, don't forget to go follow us on social media at CUSA Insider Pod on X and Instagram. And you can email us with any questions, concerns, just suggestions that you might have um, at CUSA Insider at conferenceusa.com. And as always, we appreciate your support. So wherever you're listening, whether that be Apple or Spotify, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss a new episode and leave us a review because we want to hear what you think about the podcast. All right, everybody, we will catch you next Wednesday. And you are listening to CUSA Insider, the official podcast of Conference USA. I'm Sarah Rudolph, signing off. <laughs>